0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend across Scottish football. Rangers beat Motherwell but boos ring out at full time with the Ibrox crowd less than impressed with the performance. Celtic stay four points clear after a comfortable 3-0 win at Livy despite being down to 10 men. There are teams in between no big wins for Aberdeen. St Mirren in there uh, as winless St Johnston stay bottom. And I'm joined tonight by Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. Well, Gordon, you've heard of an off day. We just had an off weekend. Joe Hart and Derek McInnes sent off. Mm. Rangers and Hearts booed off. Aberdeen and Hibs finally off and running. And Livingston sold off. It's just as well we don't get a bank holiday Monday off. And then every time someone phones Hugh Keevens, they want to tell him to... <laughs> as well. <laughs> It's unbelievable. He's not even here and he's getting a hard time. Kenny Miller, another big weekend. No shortage of talking points and drama. Absolutely not. I mean, again, was that Ibrox yesterday? It wasn't good listing at the end of the (laughs) at the end of the game. Uh, Understandably, why it wasn't a good performance. But Saturday, huge win, big performance for St Mirren. Just to continue their fantastic start to the season and like Roger says what a win it is for Barry Robson to get the season off and running and Nick Montgomery gets his first win as well as a Hibs manager so it's uh, it tightens the league up a little bit but it is concerning for St Johnston uh, mm. to be six games deep with no one Come on down then, I like Monday night, just get to reflect, look back on it all. Of course, it's a big week, it's League Cup quarter final week, but before we even get to that, we have to digest what's gone on in the last couple of days. We do that with you, of course, on 01419511025, so let us know what you made of it. If we are starting yesterday and working our way back, Rangers fans, win the game, keep a clean sheet, but the team gets booed off at the end, there must be a good reason for it, so tell me why Kenny Miller was there, so he'll know what you're on about but phone in and educate Roger Hanna and myself. What was the what was the deal? Why was it so bad? What did you make of the performance? Who's not impressing you? All the big questions surrounding uh, a win, like we said yesterday, but a negative response. Celtic fans, you've been looking for a bit of a statement result in the league. Did that come in the form of a win away at Livingston because you were down to 10 men? It's supposed to be a tough place to come, very comfortable in the end, how do you look back on that? St Mirren fans, are you starting to hear that Champions League music already? Or are we getting carried away? And anyone else out there, pick up that phone 01419511025. Kenny and Roger will whet your appetite with your result of the weekend. Take it away. Well, I'm going to go for something. Livingston, I was driving okay. through to Easter Road to do the Hibs game for Super Scoreboard on Saturday. And as you can imagine, Hugh Keevens was talking... Lyndon Dykes and Christopher Julian and Andrew Shinney and Ange Postecoglou and all the trouble that can befall Celtic on that plastic pitch at Livingston talking about Brendan Rodgers pre-match words that Celtic could take on 11 journalists and find it difficult on that pitch well they didn't find it particularly difficult with 10 men even after Joe Hart Mm. was sent off so I think the the way they closed the game out with all the the problems that you know they could have faced them I think it deserves it Okay, result of the weekend for you Kenny Yep, uh, just before I go, my wife just texted me to say my wee boy's in the car and wants a shout out because he's listening. He thinks it's the GB experience and no the super scoreboard. So Blake's listening. So Bits and pieces is coming up <laughs> next. I'm going to go uh, Aberdeen. This is the GDX, yeah. the Gordon Duncan <laughs> experience. <laughs> There's a thing you never thought you would hear. Aberdeen. Yeah, just Aberdeen, because I think it was a 
It was absolutely required. I mean, they got they came away on Thursday night with positives after a really well, what could have been a really tough night in Frankfurt, uh, and that was an outstanding, massive, yeah. massive one. Strong Needed performance it. and a lot of goals. Okay, uh, goal of the weekend. Then who are we going for, Kenny? I'm going to go for that last kick of the ball, which done my prediction at Livingston. <laughs> Maeda's finish. I mean, he had a couple of opportunities that he probably should have scored before, mm. but that kind of chopped back onto the left foot. Put it at the top corner. Wonderful, wonderful way to end the game for him, uh, which was a, a really strong performance for him. And after running 43 miles after as well, it's just, just impressive. A new world record for the amount of kilometres covered in a game. Um, Roger? Well, I've just passed Callum Gallagher in the other studio at Clyde Towers. Uh-huh. But the other Callum Gallagher. The Airdrie one. The Airdrie one deserves it. And I noticed it in social media on Saturday night. I wondered how a goal club was going to last about a minute and a half, Gordon. And it's something like 25, 26 passes. Brilliant. Almost every Airdrie player gets a touch. Quickly into the box. Terrific finish by Callum Gallagher and the, the, the leaders Wraith Rovers. See, who says, it, who, who says it's all about the big two or the top flight in here? Airdrie getting the goal of the week. Go on then, let's bring it down with the tone. Howler of the weekend. Well, we have to go for Derek McInnes, don't we? I mean, how many times... <laughs> the ball was out, surely. How many times have we seen a manager sent off for booting the ball on the pitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say none. I don't remember it. Yeah, and yeah. you could, you could. To be fair to Derek, was he hard it, done by? Was it, the ball out of play? He was trying to break a counter attack up <laughs> well, all day long. No, no you could, his reaction, <laughs> would say, his reaction was one of astonishment mixed with embarrassment. Um, whether it was in, whether it wasn't in, he probably shouldn't have put his foot through it. And it's a red card. Tell you what, the rest of the lively weekend can't be. You can only pick one. Uh, listen, it has to be. I, I can't be here on a Monday night and not pick the howler to be a refereeing decision. And the man wrong goal against uh, Hearts. It was disallowed goal. Unbelievable. Like, I, I don't even know <laughs> what he's done wrong. I mean, I thought the Dessers one against the Celtic was bad, but this is horrific. He just runs through, puts a little bit of pressure, the Hearts player falls down, and it's a wonderful finish mm. by a really tight angle. And ruled out. I think it was that the third goal that was yeah. actually ruled mm-hmm. out on the day. What a day the lad Frankie Kent had. I mean, he got away with that. Quite what he's doing. I mean, he's watching the first goal go in. Or the only goal as it turned out to go in. Honourable, honourable mentions for Dundee's red card. Was that I the correct so. decision? I think that was a, a poor decision also. And the fact that he was called to the screen and then stood strong. Even his mates in the in the VAR studio think it was a, a harsh decision. So I think uh, Mulligan and Dundee can okay. feel very hard done by. Dundee have appealed it today. Be interesting to see what happens. I always think that's a tough, that's a different question, isn't it? Anyway, we'll maybe get to that later on. And top man of the weekend, Kenny. I'm Lomniowski. I think okay. in that game, to pop up with a couple of big goals, and again, that's him on four league goals for the season already as well. So his team's been toiling, but he's kind of maintained a decent level of form at the start of the season. So again, coupled with that big result, two goals, man of the weekend for me. I'm going for three. Three men? Just about. All right. Rory Whittaker, age 16, ah. Hibs' youngest ever player. Fran Franzak, age 16, St. Johnson's youngest ever player. Both just 16 as well. Yep, Bailey Rice, still 16, on for Rangers yesterday. If you put the three of them together, Gordon, they're still younger than me. There's a depressing thought. 01419511025, let's go. Mark is a Rangers fan. Talk to me, Mark. Where are you with your team at the moment? Don't start. If I tell you where I am, I'll end up in antidepressants. <laughs> Right, um, well, um, I'm already on them. I'm not, I'm that. This is a joke for anyone that's listening, right? Okay. Um, right anyway, the situation at Ibrox on the park, not off it, off it, they're doing quite well, but on it is a shambles. 
Um, the, um, the level of vitriol now to, I think, Michael Beale, you guys are in the media, is actually worse than Paul Le Guin and Kachinia. See if you actually listen to it, maybe because we've got more social media now. But it's actually, it's now got to the stage where it's, I mean, horrendous vitriol towards him. Personal, personal should be kept out of it. He's clearly not going to last at Ibrook. So I think they've got to act now. There's no point in waiting. Waiting will do nothing. This is now appears to be inevitable. The supporters have made their mind up. This is the biggest thing. I honestly believe he could go and win the next 10 games and they would want him out. He could bring the League Cup. They could win every game in Europa League group stage and they want him out now. Why, why, why is that? Because, look, our colleague Hugh Keevans has got that great uh-huh. phrase about defeats and draws being a catastrophe and a disaster. But this uh-huh. was a win. Rangers won and had a clean sheet but yesterday. But, but I, I think point, you're possibly uh-huh. right about the, the feeling. So it's, why is that? It's not washing now. The football's shocking. It's shocking. It, and his press conferences now, unfortunately, are awful as well. He was talking the other week about the strikers. He says, well, we replaced five strikers. We lost five strikers. And he mentioned Sakala and Haji and Cholak. The three of them were lost down to him, not down to their contracts. He he got he he got the three of them out the door and replaced them with. I'm sorry, but what appears to be rubbish. So I, I think the signings have been awful um, this summer. But the, more importantly, Michael Beale has been there 11 months. If this isn't a new manager, he's been there 11 months. In a month's time, it's a year. And the team have gone backwards. Um, the fans want him out. And see when your customer turns on you, but in this level, this isn't all someone in here. Nobody. Find me a fan that wants him, that's happy. And that's, they're not a Rangers fan. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't, it's actually quite unbelievable that everybody's in agreement. Um, so I think the board have got to act. John Bennett and uh, Bisgrove appear to be very professional. Everything they've done since the, the board has changed in the last two or three months, they, you know, with the, the museum, with sponsorships, has been really good, really promising. You know, they now talk to the fans. There's a lot to look forward to at Ibrooks. But now, clearly, they need to spend the kind of money that Celtic spent on a manager that has done it before. I think that now Rangers need to up the ante. They now need to go for a professional manager that has won trophies because despite whether we like Rodgers or not, he's a professional winner of a manager. And that's what Rangers need. There's nothing against Michael Beale personally. Not at all. Nice guy. But it's the, the punters have turned and they will not turn back. They could go and win the League Cup. They could win. They could beat Livingston 3-0. They could beat Aberdeen 4-0. It doesn't matter. The fans have turned. This isn't a game, game, game. So they've got to make the change. There's no point in constantly waiting until things get worse. They lose one. Imagine they draw. Imagine they get beat on Wednesday night. Can you picture the opponents on Thursday? I think we'll need to be a, a six-hour-long show. I think, but um, no look, another one of them. If you, if you just well, look, if you just turned on, you would assume Rangers had been beaten by Motherwell at Ibrox. And I, that's not to say Mark's wrong. I'm just highlighting that to to sort of emphasise how. How grim this might be for Michael Beale if wins are, are not enough anymore in the eyes of fans like Mark. Well, I think the board, you know, Mark mentioned John Bennett and James Bisgrove. Um, I think they have shown a lot of patience. I think they gave Michael Beale a lot of money in the summer to spend on new signings. And they want to give him as long as they possibly can in the hope that the signings improve and the results turn. Um, I do tend to think that Mark has a point though and I think Michael Beale is probably one defeat away from real trouble. That defeat might have come yesterday, it didn't. It didn't win the game. Now, they weren't clever, they weren't pretty, 
They were booed off the pitch by their own fans, but they won the game. I think Mark's right. I think if they lose to Livingston mm. on Wednesday night and go out the League Cup, I think Michael Beale's in real bother. But in fairness, Kenny, they still probably won't. And yes, fine, feel free to play this back, David Martindale. I'm just talking about, you know, on paper and the balance of things. They still probably yeah. won't. But Mark's saying they've turned and they won't turn back was his line. So you were there yesterday. Yeah. Was the booing justified? What was that? What was that like to hear that at the end of a win? It was justified based on, I think, everything that Michael even says post-match. You know, he, he agrees it was a really, really poor performance. I think he was actually asked about the last 10 minutes and he actually corrected and says, no, no, from the first minute. From the first minute, I was not happy with the performance at all from the from the team. He expects better. Uh, he sees better. And that's which is why he clearly he signed the players that he signed. So he's not hiding behind any stats of three wins and three clean sheets. He's not hiding behind it. He owns that. It was a really, really poor performance. I understand what Mark's saying because it was. It was not. It was toxic towards the end of that game. I would even you could, you could sense at the end, and I've been in there as well as a player where you're only winning one 0 against like the lesser level of opposition. Excuse me. You, you, you can <laughs> sorry because I thought they were actually outstanding Motherwell yesterday, but. I've been there before and you can feel it and I could feel it in that stand yeah. yesterday well, when, I was, when I was there. Where I do disagree with Mark is if he keeps winning games then the supporters mm. will come back on side. If he wins the League Cup, if he wins that Europa League group and gets into Europe after Christmas again, you know, the, the fans will, mm. will go back behind him. What Michael Bale needs is to win a game of real importance or win a trophy and he's done neither so far. But he's, this, is, so this is the thing, like, at the moment Mark says it's no game it actually is at this moment in time it's what it is it's game to game and if Rangers fail on Wednesday or even fail to win on Saturday then there is going to be mm. serious serious discussions probably at Ibrox but I fast forward to this this December you don't play Celtic until the end of December I think Rangers will be in the in the knockout stages of the Europa League come this first week in December. The second week in December, I believe Rangers will go on and lift this League Cup and Celtic's absence not being in it. So Michael Bill needs to get sudden, to that point. It needs to get to that point because at that point, and by I, I'm I'm not saying this with any great confidence based on what I watched yesterday, but the reality is they're not playing well. They're still managed to beat, and by the way, potentially the third best team in the country at this moment in time in Motherwell, with the way they're working under Stuart Kettlewell alongside Stephen Robinson St Mirren. But I just think if he can get to that point, there is got that's got to be some level of positivity. Mm. And like Roger says, to get there, he needs to keep winning. Well, let's ask Graham, who's also on the line. Thank you to Mark. Really passionate stuff from Mark. I think we know how he feels. Um, Graham booing at the end of a win. Is that, that fair? That justified? How do you feel? I'm actually scummered with it, mate. Absolutely disgusted with them. They can't pass the ball. They can't control it. Their movement's shocking. And it's going right through the team. Even Tab, Goldson, Barisic. Have you ever passes the ball forward at least first time? I've been going there for 60 years, mate, but next month. And that's the first time I've walked out saying I'll no be back. You sound like a young man, Graham. Thanks very much. No. <laughs> I'll second that, yeah. October 63 mate I went to Rangers I'll be going every Literally it's his 60th anniversary of Going Roger Hanna and he's Disgusted I will will go back Wednesday but When I walked out I was there going back <laughs> of course you will, Graham, because you'll get back and support your team. I there did last week. But yesterday says he wasn't going I back. Oh, but that's just a knee-jerk reaction <laughs> to a really poor performance. Uh, Roger, I'm sure Michael Beale listens intently. But um, if he takes it, if he's taking his temperature of the Rangers fans from this show, 
He'll know how important the next couple of games are. Oh, listen, he's living a game by game existence at the minute. Mark would agree with that. Graham would agree with that. I'm sure Kenny would agree with that as well. Um, after that week of PSV and Celtic, it has been game to game. It will continue game to game. He's one bad defeat away from being in real bother. There's no doubt about it. And and yesterday, you know, Motherwell had a good team. Motherwell hadn't lost away from home, I think, since, what, February, was it, Gordon? January, February time in the league. But, you know, Rangers, they have a winger, Robbie Matondo, injured in the first half. They put on a centre-half. Now, it yeah. sends out the wrong message to 50,000 fans at home. I've no problem with Michael Bill playing three at the back. But if you're going to change and play yeah. three about, do it from the start. Especially when you predicted John Souter to be player of the year last year. That was last year. no problem with him. 13 months ago, he's an outstanding player. How was I to know he'd be injured a, a, an hour into the season? Graham, can you not see this turning round then? The, the, and I, like I may say that, it was a win. There's nothing technically to be turned from this weekend, but you don't see this picture improving? No, we shouldn't have won that game yesterday, mate. We're not winning that cup era where our Celtics in it or no. There's no way playing like that we're going to do anything. They'll make it a right shake-up. And the manager can take so much of it, but surely players can pass five years. Can t- the first touch of that Lammers and that Dessers, don't see that the means football. The first touch is a joke. Unbelievable. Oh, I'm sick of it, man. Listen, Gordon, I, I, I said laugh, after the first but... week of the season that the defeat at Coman, like the three aren't pinpointed were Lammers, Dessers and Seema. And they've all scored goals since then, but I don't think any of the three of them have convinced any Rangers supporters that they are mm. the future. Well, if we're talking about Dessler's goal yesterday, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure he knew much about it. But no. They all count, as they say. Yeah, of course they do. But, you know, injuries happen. If Todd Cantwell and Danilo and Raskin mm-hmm. and Lawrence and possibly now Matondo are out the team, I don't think the Motherwells and the Livingstons of this world are going to have a great deal of sympathy for Rangers that they've got a few injuries. No. Okay, thank you, Graham. Scunner day is. I'm sure we'll hear from you soon, Graham. On 0141951025, we'll hear from you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141951025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are about to be joined by Lee in Knightswood on the line. A lot of negativity from the Rangers fans so far. Lee, where do you sit? All right, Duncan. Uh, I'm I'm the same mate. I think uh, this manager man <laughs> Kenny well, maybe Kenny can answer this in a minute but Kenny can you tell me what he's trying to do with this formation because it's absolutely dross to watch I mean even under Gio when Gio was there like I don't think Gio was the answer the football wasn't good but you know what kind of he's trying to do with a horseshoe and all that this football we are playing is some of the worst football I've ever seen I tell you one thing I'm not going back to Ibrox anytime soon well, that manager's there until he changes, until he leaves or the team changes and starts playing well. And I just want to say as well on the signings, he said that he looked these players in the eye and he said, I'm bringing in players that are going to play for Rangers that can deal with the pressure, who have got character. I mean, we have sold uh, Cholak and Sakala 30 goals of left our team and we've brought in the Nigerian Kevin Kyle for three and a half million. Right, we brought him in We brought in Seema Touch like a donkey I, I, Honestly boys I cannot watch this football anymore I, I, Yesterday I was tearing my eyes out I didn't get any hair But see if I had that I'd be pulling it out And I was absolutely fur- furious mate And I tell you man hang, mate, See the, the noise coming through the stones yesterday Everybody's the same Everybody's frustrated And uh, the board as well 
the board, the board didn't react on this because the board have been quiet. They've made this decision. He's been here for 11 months. They've backed him. They've gave him the money. It's not happening. They'll just wait until we sleepwalk into another disastrous season. And he's seeing about three weeks, four weeks' time, mate. We could be 12 points behind Celtic. That's how bad it is. That was the luckiest 1-0 win I've seen in my life. And uh, if I was a Motherwell fan or uh, supporter or player, I'd be gutted they didn't even win that. I tell you one thing, see if they scored first yesterday, they, they would have won that game. Because uh, you can even see it in the players, Duncan. They're just looking at each other the most. I mean... I mean, we've we'll brought these players in. I mean, the best thing about boats are goalkeeper. It's absolutely terrible, man, honestly. I think uh, the fans, I think we need to make a lot more noise about it as well. Because I think the boards will be getting away with murder. I know they've uh, changed the board up a wee bit. as James Buzzgrove and that's come in. But they, we've won two trophies in about 12 years or something. That is not acceptable. And it's, it's uh, no one excuse anymore. We're not just up the divisions. We've been in here for a while. And it's the same dross week in, week out. I tell you what, as. Monologues go oh, That was top draw from Lee well, Didn't miss a beat we've Got his points across Used some excellent imagery in there as well We've had three Rangers callers On the show tonight Gordon And they all tell the same story And if I believe was done with a certain drama that I like. I'll give you that But if John Bennett or James Bisgrove Is listening to this show tonight It will give them food for thought Because now, the last two callers are talking about not going back to Ibrox while Michael Beale is the manager. Um, it takes a lot for a supporter of any club to talk about their manager like that. Ah, but you'll go back, Lee, won't you? That's just emotions running high. Gordon, I get too angry at the football, mate. I can't go back because I'm telling you, it's, it's, even, it's even enjoyable watching, watching whether you're at the game or in the house, right? It, it's just, you just don't know where you're going. You don't think he's actually trying to do it. It's frustrating. I just feel the supporters, man. Like Michael Beale came in last year, he spoke a good game, right? But let's be honest, he's not delivering. Michael Beale is like the kind of guy, see, if he was the, um, a manager, he'd probably be selling candles down Camden Market. He's not the man for us, mate. He's not. What does a Camden Market candle seller look like? I must admit, it's not. Listen, this listen, is lost on me. Leaves at the end, he's wick with us. Quite clearly. Um, <laughs> It'll be on Wax and Lyrical if they oh. turn around next week. Um, Kenny, about eight minutes ago, there was a question for you, though. Somewhere in there. About the was, what yeah. are they doing? What's the style yeah. of play? It was something along those lines. I, I've got to say, Lee, I, I, I genuinely don't know at this moment in time. Uh, firstly, the, the performance yesterday was awful. It was. I think the managers admitted that. What about it? You know, what in particular? <laughs> Turning the ball over, giving it away cheap. Was it was it previous caller Graham? Can he pass it five yards? Well, there was a lot of that uh, in the particularly in the early stages of the game. I think it's pretty slow. I think there's a real lack of urgency, movement, excitement. You know, the fans are turning up to expect and to see like, they're there to be entertained. Yeah, they want the team to win, but the team is actually still winning, and there is a lot of complaints at this moment in time. What I would say is that there's only, and it's not in defence of the manager or the club or the board or anything. In my opinion, you're missing your two most creative players. And Todd Cantwell, and by the way, forget creative, best. Your best players and Todd Cantwell and uh, Tom Lawrence. I think in an attacking sense, that's yesterday, probably Lammers wouldn't have played had any one of them been fit. 
and maybe even Matondo would have been played, which would have allowed Matondo to be on the bench and be the impact player that at this moment in time he probably is. That's when you've seen the best of him, when he's coming on and the game's a little bit more open, players a little bit more tired, and that pace he has is absolutely electric. You've seen it in the St Johnston game the week before, you've seen it in the PSV game at Ibrox as well. So I just think they're missing big players, and I think one of the quotes that Michael used on the team that finished the game, who was on the pitch was what they had available to be on the pitch. So it is saying that there is a lot... Of, I mean, right, you throw Raskan into it as well, who has not quite hit the heights of how he did last year, but he still looks like a decent player. It was a decent performance on uh, on Thursday night. So it's uh, from, from, like, say, uh, Lundstrom, who who came in. It was Tom Lawrence, again, losing him through injury was a, a big, big blow. But they're missing big players, you know, and I think when at this moment in time, Rangers can't afford mm. to be missing, like, say, Cantwell, Lawrence, Raskin, and even Danilo, because I felt he looked as if everybody's been waiting for Danilo to get an opportunity. Why he hadn't played before St Johnston, I'm not too sure. As Roger says, well, the problem for the Rangers fans is they still feel that despite all that, you should look better against Motherwell, ultimately. And, and you should. Because, I mean, Lammers, it's all right saying that Lammers isn't as good as these, but he was signed with the intention of being, and Dessers was signed with and, the intention of being. And you know what? And that's where a lot of the fans... It was the same last year with Gio, recruitment. Recruitment is, can actually make or break a manager as well. Last year it was it was Davies, it was Yilmaz, it was Matondo, it was Cholak, who, by the way, hit the ground running mm -hmm. when he needed to hit the ground running, but there were still question marks over him. This year it's Dessers, it's Sima, it's Lammers, it's Danilo, it's Dowell, it's... Sifuentes, oh, again, Butland's been the only, the Good, only hit yeah. so far. Uh, OK, let's bring in Brian and see how he feels. Brian? Hi, panel. Thanks for letting me on. Pleasure. Uh, I'll give you a bit of background on me. Uh, Lee sounds very, very young, mm -hmm. which means his support of Rangers hasn't been great over the last few years. If he's not as young as I think he is, I apologise for that. Uh, I'm 62. When I first started following the club, uh, most of the Barcelona Bears were still there. I followed the club right up to the beginning of the 90s, and then I gave up my season book. Uh, I don't go now, uh, but the club remains in my heart and always will. So I'm of a certain vintage. I've seen Rangers struggling to finish fourth and fifth in the league in the early 80s uh, before Graham Souness came in. Okay, so that's my background. So what I normally do is I normally bike managers. After the Rangers Celtic game, I wanted Michael Beale's head in a platter because I was fed up of failure. But over the international break, I started to think the last thing we want to do is change our manager. Uh, we've backed him. So if you sack him and you bring another manager in, he's going to be, have to deal with the players that Michael Beale has got there. There might not be any change. I mean, things at the moment are certainly not perfect. But we did win yesterday. And uh, I think the biggest problem for new players at Ibrox is dealing with the intense pressure. And I think the longer that game went yesterday, Rangers players went into defensive mode. In other words, deciding they're leading one nothing, and that we, as long as we get through this game leading one nothing and winning it, then everything will be OK. But obviously everything isn't OK because... You want the performance to go over the result and basically the performance yesterday wasn't good enough. Is there a psychological thing there, Kenny, you've played? It can't be an easy place to play when things aren't going well. And It kind of it reminded me, actually, remember one of the last 
Knights of Geo was a it was a one nil win I think against Dundee in the cup and they were booed off and I remember thinking that night oh, what's that you know, if you're getting booed off after a win didn't last very long after that I'm not saying that's definitely the case here but um, is there a psychological thing for these new players? 100% there is and uh, I think a previous caller had kind of alluded to that as well about the character and the, and the mentality of the players that have been signed it looks at this moment in time and again it's, I'm not going to name names on who I think it is but I do think there's players there when it gets like this I'm not going to say they're hiding but they're, they're not putting themselves out there to do the jobs that they're on that field they play to do uh, they're scared to make mistakes they're scared to lose the ball they're maybe playing safety football and that is a it can be a really really unforgiving environment to be playing and yesterday was one of those days where the whole thing can be you can feel like the whole stadium's coming in and uh, so, sorry down on you and when you see fans leaving the, the, the stadium was half full at the end of the game you know it was like the, the fans had left you know they weren't there to see what was going on they had left and it's a really, really tough place to be when the, when the atmosphere around Ibrox is like that. Listen, it's the best place in the world to be playing when everything's going well. But that's where, when you talk about mentalities and you talk about characters or characteristics you need to represent Rangers and Celtic for that matter, you, you need to be able to stand up to this and still deliver. You know, And at this moment in time, they've not delivered... That particularly the new signings but even the other lads it's I think it's affecting them as well and like you say it's, there's only one way you can get out of it but it's whether they've got the fight and the character and the personality to actually mm. dig themselves out of it yeah but it's a, it, listen the relationship between players and fans is a two way street you know fans won't back players that they don't see you know they, they don't believe are good enough to wear the jersey you, you look at the situation yesterday yes there are injuries but no disrespect to the players I'm about to mention, but Scott Wright starts. Rangers were trying to sell Scott Wright at the end of the transfer window. A month later, mm. he's, he's starting in the first team. It actually looked R like he had he was away at one point. Yeah, right, well he was. He was in Turkey yeah. for talks. Robbie Matondo couldn't get anywhere near the team last season. Now he's arguably the main man because he's no longer competing with Morelos and Kent and Haji and Sakala and Cholak for a place. He's in there because the guys who have replaced all these players haven't shown up haven't shown that they've got Kenny mentioned the word character haven't even shown they've got the quality to play for Rangers never mind the character and until these guys actually show that Michael Beale was right to buy them then Mark and Graham and Lee and Brian and every other Rangers caller mm. will come on and make the points that they've been making tonight thank you to Brian Robert is a Rangers fan he's not happy and we're going to hear from him next It was Gary who got today's Make Me A Winner call. He's a bus driver and he was waiting to pick up a load of passengers when he answered the phone. He's been thinking about his retirement, so this might speed things up. Tomorrow we could make you the winner of £84,000. Imagine it straight into your bank right after the call. But you do need to be in the draw, so text YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com and online entries are £2 as well. Or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only and all the rules for this network competition are online. So if you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow, Tuesday the 26th, all you've got to do, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away. Don't say anything else. Don't say hello. Don't say who's that. Make me a winner to win £84,000. So text yes to 61025. Good luck. 
1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here on the phones and on Twitter. Joyful says football's been dire but can't totally blame Beale. He stood shaking his head at the level of dross on Sunday. They look like strangers, no confidence, trying to walk the goals in, uh, says Joyful on Twitter. What about Robert on the line? How would you sum up the performance yesterday, Robert? Shocking. Absolutely terrible. Um, good evening, panel. It's the first time caller here, so... First oh, time, well, it must have been bad then It's made you pick up the phone for the first time It was, it was absolutely terrible Took my wee boy yesterday um, For his first ever, ever game um, And to be quite honest with you I don't think I'll take him back under Michael Beale's things um, The Rangers team, the Rangers lineup, Absolutely terrible Starting Scott Wright Who's, I don't think he's actually played many games I just don't rate him as a player um, Yesterday he never really kicked the ball. Passing for Rangers was slack. Movement for Rangers was slack. Again, as previous calls have said, there was Michael Beale standing at the touchline putting his arms out in that in shame. Every day, all the fans are all shouting. It's, something's got to be done here. Uh, here's the thing though, Robert. Realistically, because I'm not saying you're wrong to be annoyed at the performance. You pay your money so you can think what you like. But we say something's going to be done. Something's not going to be done while Michael Beale's winning games, is it? I understand that, um, but it's it's a painful it's a painful ninety minutes to stand and watching that. You know I mean, no disrespect to Motherwell, but um, Rangers playing against Motherwell with obviously the talent that Rangers used to have, you would be expecting a lot more goals, a lot more passing movement. I'm going to be my wee brothers football, and my wee brothers games have got more passing, more movement, more goals, more, more you know, it's more skill, and when you're looking at I like to see the players in the park. The money they're getting paid is is absolutely terrible for what they're doing. Yesterday's gameplay was absolutely shocking. Um, I actually wanted to leave at half time. That's how bad it was. Well, I think it got worse in the second half. So, um, I mean, Roger, it just this feels. Does this does it feel like the beginning of the end then, or can this proper can it be turned around? Because if this is the way fans are reacting after a. After a win, I don't know, you know. How, well, there, there was some supporters surprised that Michael Beale survived the week of PSV and Celtic. Now, the board have had talks with the manager. He's, he's spoken publicly about that. I tend to think the manager has been told he's one defeat away from problems. Um, he hasn't had that defeat yet. They, they won at St. Johnson. They won against Real Betis. They, they won against Motherwell, remember, yesterday. They did win the game. But he needs to keep winning And he needs to keep winning and winning and winning and winning Kenny made the point You get to December Still in that champion, Europa League group I should say There's the League Cup final And there's the trip to Celtic Park If Michael Beale is still in the position in December He's going to need to win the League Cup He's going to need to take Rangers through in Europe And at some stage At some stage as a Rangers manager He's going to have to win a meaningful game against Celtic The one he won at the end of last season Was after the title had gone He's going to have to win a meaningful game against Celtic because no Rangers manager survives if you don't do that. It feels from from when I say the outside, someone who doesn't have the emotion attached that you know that, that Robert and the guys do, Kenny. That it feels a bit all over the place. Firstly, injuries, of course, so that that means there's going to be disruption. But then on top of that, you know, it seemed like at the start of the season, Rangers weren't going to play with wingers. That just wasn't really going to be the thing. But all of a sudden. Not only is it wingers, it's Rabi Matondo and Scott Wright, you know, that, that are starting games. 
Um, you mentioned then, you know, in-game when Matondo comes off, but it's, it's John Suter that, that comes on. Again, players need to take share of the blame here, but no one really quite knows what's, what, you know, is, it, is Dessers, Seema, Lammers before the injuries, you know, Ruth, what, what's, what's the best team? It just feels like everything's all a bit all over the place. That's exactly it. And that's, I think to, for, for fans looking at it, that's how they'll feel because there is constant changes. Yes, there is injuries, but even before like the injuries to, to kind of count well and like Lawrence was coming back to fitness, Kamar Roof was coming back to fitness after long in, the term injuries. Like the, like the new signings, it was right, we'll try him with him, we'll put him there, we'll maybe try this slightly different formation. I mean, Michael's alluded to front twos, front threes, front fours, uh, anytime he's he kind of picked a team. But the one thing's for sure, whoever had been playing in those areas had never nailed down, I think Roger said it earlier, they've not said, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's going to be playing. I'm the guy that deserves to be in your team sheet every single week. And by the way, I'm also going to be the guy that helps you out of this hole because this is where the team is at at the moment and they need people to stand up and actually do that. And at this moment, again, every caller has said the same thing. This group, that's a big, big group for forgettabilities and quality. Have you actually got that something about you to stand up to all this negativity and actually help your mates and help your manager? Because one thing I do agree with, the buck always stops with the manager and that's just the nature of football. But players need to take responsibility for their own personal pride in their performance. Like, you know, like, Michael's not asking these players to misplace a five-yard, ten-yard pass. He's not asking them to do this or do this wrong or miss chances, by the way, big chances at that. He's not asking them, but in, but in, in the big moments, players have not taken chances, mm. they've made too many mistakes, and the performance of it, listen, that lands on Michael's desk. It's as simple as that, and he knows that. That's why he's paid the big bucks. But at this moment in time, you're right, it feels all over the place. That was, that was Scotty's first start since Michael came back to the club. I think you had a two minutes of football you, this season. You've been in this game for 25 years, Kenny. You, you know, if Rangers and Celtic were playing in a cup final tomorrow, probably name 10 in the Celtic starting lineup. Yeah. M- maybe the other winger on the other side for Maida, you could have an argument with. It was a bit of a surprise James Forrest was back in. I think the last three games, Forrest played one, Yang's played one, Palmer's played one. But you'd know the other 10 that were going to start. If Rangers were in that final tomorrow, you wouldn't have mm. a clue. You Let's... wouldn't have a clue who would play or how they would line up. That can't be a good position to be in. Uh, I think we, well, I thought we were about to bring in one more caller, but he seems to have disappeared. We'll try and get him back. Um, it was a win for Rangers, but it seems like they've come out with a lot of negativity. And on the flip side, Motherwell with a lot of praise, Kenny, for what they did. Again, lost the game, but the performance. I thought they were excellent. I really did. I mean, everything that you could maybe, that the Rangers fans are saying about their own team's performance, about maybe not knowing what they're doing and the formation and the personnel. I think what Stuart's found is is a way of playing that just suits the players that he's got at his disposal. And what he's doing is he's getting every ounce out of those players. You know, like, I thought they were, uh, their shape off the ball was really, really compact. They defended well. They limited Rangers to few opportunities, considering it's a, it's a Rangers team at Ibrox. They looked a threat. You know, they probably just lack a yeah. little bit of quality. Bring like, Kevin Van Veen back. You know, I, I think he probably takes maybe one of the chances. But Theo Bear, who actually thought had a decent enough game and, and he gave Rangers kind of problems at the back. You could see he just lacks a little bit of confidence maybe in his own ability. He had a chance to really go through uh, in, the, in the second half. He had the legs on Conor Goltz and I, I was just thinking, go knock it. Go knock it and ask this Conor Goltz as a striker. Just go knock it past him and get your big body across him because he's a big, strong mm. boy. And he chose to come back and then he tried the reverse pass to Lennon Miller and ended up going for a goal kick. Who stood out for you in, the, in a positive sense? Lennon Miller was outstanding. For Motherwell, it was. I think for a seventeen-year-old, just turned seventeen last month as well. I Is that the first time you've seen him? It's the first in, time in the I've flesh. seen him live, and I tell you, it was. There was times in the game in the first half, in particular, 
that he controlled the game. He was absolutely outstanding. I thought Callum Slattery was excellent. Liam Kelly, again, when called upon, mm -hmm. needed to make the saves. He made them. His distribution was really, really good. Uh, but for a 17-year-old boy in that team, to, to go mm. into that and control spells, he never ran the show, but for a 17-year-old to show the composure, the vision, the range of passing that he showed as well, uh, I thought it was excellent. I, I go back, Gordon, you, you, you look at far closer than I do. I get back to that Saturday night at Kirkcaldy when Motherwell got knocked out of mm, the Scottish Cup. Difference. They were favourites to be relegated out of the Premiership at that stage. And you think from, when's that, in the January, start of February, where they were then to where they are now. It's night and yeah. day and Stuart Kettle has done a fantastic Let's job. bring in Gary in East Kilbride to round off the first hour. Gary, how are you? I know bad, guys. How are you doing? Good here. All good. What's your point tonight? Well, I took up to six the first guy came on who maybe showed a wee bit of calmness and the furore that's going on around what's happening at Ibrooks just now. Uh, I think his name is Brian. He went away back to the Barcelona Bears mm -hmm, and yep. stuff like this. Now, I'm not as old as him, but I remember being at Ibrooks in 1982 when we played Partick Thistle. We beat 2-0. And I had the joy of counting 93 folk in the brown section of the Brimley Road stand because the game and the football was that bad. There is a clue in the word here, Gordon. Uh, the word is supporter, right? You support your team through thick and thin, right? Now, Michael Beale's going to be given this wee bit of time. We could shout and moan about it. The style isn't great. I was there at the Newcastle game and saw right away how alarmingly narrow we looked in the middle of the park. And, you know, it makes Tav and Barisic look very, very exposed. But, you know, we look at the run to Seville and the part that the 12th man played, being the supporters, that's how we got there, because of how our supporters reacted and supported our team. And I've kind of, I tell you what, we've won two trophies in the last God knows how many years. We won the league, and there's no coincidence that we won the league when there was COVID and we had no fans inside Ibrox, because our players are petrified to make a mistake, because the fans are on them, and Kenny was talking about it yesterday, and... No, a couple of loose passes and they're right on their case. And you're like, come on, support the team. And I have to say, Kenny, I was a bit disappointed that you advocated that it was right to boo at the end of the game. I just think that's a nonsense. Why boo your team? You support your team. I never you know, booed the team, but I can understand the, I can understand the, uh, the fans. You know, and, and that's the thing, though, Gary, right? Fans pay their money, they, they expect better. You know, and that is it. And by the way, I'm, I'm like you. I, I think you, you have to, for everything that the club have went through and the recruitment has been, which again at this moment doesn't look great, I still think the manager, the players deserve a bit of time to actually show that they can do it. But they have to do it now walking a tightrope. They have to keep winning the games. And if the performance on, on Wednesday is a little bit better and you get through to a semi-final, you know what, it's a small step in the right direction. Because I think, prior to Sunday I had seen little improvements I mean the first night was against a really really good mm. team and it was a good performance particularly second half so listen I think that they need to keep winning that is it but listen I, I get it Gary and I, I'm kind of half with you as well in terms of the supporting thing you're a voice of reason Gary we'll have to leave it there because it's that time of the night already Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Come on then, the first beat the pundit of a new week We need to up the game, listeners The pundits had it all their own way last week And I don't like it at all Ruined my weekend in fact So you have until 7 o'clock to call 0141 951 1025 Say you want to play beat the pundit And we'll try and put you up against one of these two next Tackle the headline
Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here on the usual number or on Twitter at Clyde SSB if you want to get your thoughts in. There has been quite a lot said about Rangers' performance at the weekend. Some uh, some quite lively takes if you want to keep them coming. You can do. Celtic fans, 10 men at a difficult venue historically. Were you fearing the worst? How impressed were you with that performance? St Mirren fans, you're flying high. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, hearts not going so well. Aberdeen. Uh, an important win, why not get your calls in? Motherwell fans, you sort of uh, had a, a, a difficult result yesterday, but by all accounts a good performance, so you could get your thoughts in as well. And I'm going to give you a very interesting game to play in the not-too-distant future. Nice wee prize for you, up for grabs. Uh, thanks to the folks at James Frew, Scotland's leading property solutions company. So we'll do that in the not-too-distant future, but on the theme of competition, let's play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Last week got me down, I have to say. Five games, five wins for the pundits. You won, Kenny, last week. Look, Gordon DL won twice last week, right? That's all I'm saying. That's when we know things are bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think you two have lost this season, have you? Between you? Oh. Yeah, Christopher's in Govan Hill tonight to play. How's it going, Christopher? Hi, uh, okay. Now, Christopher, <laughs> it can't. Yeah, you say okay. That's because you're a Partick Thistle fan. It wasn't, it wasn't a vintage uh, weekend, was it? Yeah, no, it was not. Roger wanted to give our broth his result of the weekend. You were no, tempted. I actually wanted to give United the result of the weekend, scoring five that. at Hamden. Hmm. Our both would have been up there, surely. Yeah, yeah, My goodness. Yeah. So, Christopher, your team have let you down, and you're on to make up for it on Monday's beat the pundit. Is that the the thought? Well, that's what I was thinking. Yes. Good man. Well, heads, you'll take on Roger Hanna, who starts on minus one, and tails. It will be Kenny Miller, and it is tails. Kenny up against Christopher and Govan Hilt. So we'll give Kenny some greatest hits at radio to listen to. Uh, and we'll get the clock ready for you, Christopher. You've got 30 seconds. Just answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, OK? OK. Good man, your time starts now. Before Saturday, name the last team James Forrest started against. Uh, name any Scottish Premiership player who scored a double over the weekend. Mayowski. Who replaced Walter Smith as Scotland manager in 2007? Alex McLeish Apart from St Johnson Who's the only top flight team Who've not won a, at home yet uh, Who's Rangers top scorer this season Sima uh, Okay Kenny Miller Can you hear us Can you hear us now Kenny Yep Great uh, You've got 30 seconds just answer as many as you can and your time starts now before Saturday name the last team that James Forrest started against pass name any Scottish Premiership player who scored a double over the weekend Miofsky who replaced Walter Smith as Scotland manager in 2007 oh George Burley apart from St Johnson who's the only Scottish Premiership side who've not won at home yet Livingston who's Rangers top scorer this season Dessers how many players have Celtic had sent off in the last week one. Oh my god. Which Hibs player is the longest serving player in the Scottish Premiership? Lewis Stevenson. That was a roller coaster for oh, you. There. Was, I was all over the place. Oh, have you done enough, Christopher? Yeah. What do you I, think? I thought they were difficult, oh, I Kenny. Don't, no, I, I don't wonder. think so. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the first one's loaded slightly, right? Because yeah. if the answer was St Mirren or Ross County, we probably wouldn't have asked it. It was Rangers. Oh, Rangers so it was the New Year game. It was the oh, last time James Forrest question, started. Now. 
Um, the double over the weekend, Miofsky or Armstrong, you both went Miofsky. Alex McLeish replaced Walter oh, Smith, so 2007. Crazy. I mean, if oh. any of us should have known yeah. that one. Um, 2 1 2 Christopher. Livy are awaiting the first home win, 2 all. Sometimes you've just got to state the obvious. Who's Rangers' top scorer? Tavernier. It's James Tavernier on four. Uh, so we're level. You know you get this one wrong. Yeah. Home, Lager, Bielka, and Hart. Three, so yeah. three players sent off in the last week. Oh. Was it? What was the stat of the weekend? They had the same amount of players sent off in one hour of football as they did in the entirety of last season. Is that right? And Joe oh. Hart. Is, is that one of Gordon Dale's stats? I don't think so. Joe Hart, first ever career red card. Yeah. He's played, what is it, yeah, six, yeah. 700 games? Yep. Can't complain about that one, though. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, it's funny that, you know, on a Monday night, usually we debate big decisions. At 10 past seven, we've not any saying Joe Hart was hard done by. Um, but anyway, which Hibs player is the longest serving in the Premiership? It is Lewis Stevenson, which means, despite him not being at his best, Christopher, I think he's still dug out a three two yeah that like Rangers yesterday ah oh, honestly yeah <laughs> I, I'd boo him off as well after that Christopher <laughs> no he deserves it good, uh, good man Christopher. thanks for taking part cheers Christopher thank you there we are back tomorrow with more Beat the Pundit fun tough few days for Christopher oh, beaten by our both beaten by Ken they're going well four wins in a spin or the five yeah, wins in a spin incredible uh, right um, Celtic fans what did you make of it at the weekend down to 10 men let us know uh, how impressed you were because you know there's a lot a lot been said yes you'd won your last two visits to the Tony Macaroni I think it was five without a win before that and um, it has been a tough place to go you're down to 10 men in the first half is that what all made it so impressive because you, you gave it your result of the weekend yeah I just think everything um, made it quite impressive I thought it was a they got ahead with a penalty. It was a, a silly foul by Livingston oh, defender. And Jamal George very nearly saved it from Rio Hitati. The penalty's not quite as emphatic as the ones David Turnbull's been taking this season. Um, and then when Joe Hart sent off, you, inevitably with an hour to go, it doesn't matter who you're playing or where you're playing. If you're down to 10 men for an hour, there's obviously got to be that seed of doubt. But from the moment Matt O'Reilly scored early in the second half, it was only going to be one winner. It was just a question of how many Celtic would score. And, you know, you, you see it with Shrinkers, Kenny. Dyson Maida... Scores with his hardest chance. Yeah, and it was a wonderful goal as well, you know. But he'll be disappointed in the the opportunity that then led to the the Matt O'Reilly goal. You know, he should have he should have scored that. He should have slammed that in the back of the net for two yards. Uh, had the opportunity as well. Like I, I felt the one across the box. He had to wait for the ball to come. I'm sure still should score, but again, credit has to go to Shamal George for actually getting off his line quick enough and closing Maeda. But the, again, the one thing about him, like, is I don't think he is the cleanest of finishers, Maeda. But he never shirks, he never hides, he's always there to be shot at the next time and, and his goal was, was a wonderful way for him to finish the game. So it was, uh, again, got goal of the weekend for me. Yeah, I mean, because Brendan Rodgers would have known all this. He's only been to Livingston once, yeah. personally, to, to manage. It was a nil-nil draw that day back in 2018. Um, but he'll have been aware that, that it's been tough. He'll yeah, have been yeah. aware that they had a bit of a, a bruising night in Europe. That, you know, there are still some players missing, particularly at the back. He's clearly still waiting, you know, as, as good as Celtic's win was, he's clearly still waiting on some areas of the pitch, hence why James Forrest started yeah, for the first time since listen, January. another layer of it would be they'd lost in the plastic at Kilmarnock in mm -hmm. the Viaplay yeah. Cup earlier in the season, so th there would be little seeds of doubt in there for Brendan Rodgers, but I thought the players carried Celtic through well, you know, Liam Scales is playing terrifically well for Celtic, you know, people keep talking about him as a, as a makeshift centre-half he's doing really well I thought he played well at Aberdeen last season and he's come in and he's taken his chance he looks better than Lager Bielka it has to be said 
Um, so he's doing well. Greg Taylor, I thought, was back to a better performance at the weekend. Likewise, Callum McGregor. Hatati's been put back into the team. Um, the, the one thing, as you say, the, the other wing, the right winger, if you like, position. You, you've got Maeda, you've got Kyogo. I don't think, you talk about the Rangers' new signings, I don't think any of the Celtic new signings have convinced in that area in the injury absence of a batter. So don't be surprised if James Forrest is there at Fur Park again on Saturday, Gordon. Uh, right, let's bring in Jim, who's called all the way from Tampa, Florida. How's oh. it going, Jim? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing today? All good, Jim, Jim, all good. Jim, tell us you're going to the box in the Eagles tonight. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'll be watching. I'll be watching, that's for sure. Oh, honestly, but, uh, this guy needs he needs no like excuse it. to talk about that, Jim, so don't don't give him one. What about what about our round ball? Uh, what what are you making of your team at the moment? Uh well listen, I think something happened in the Livingston game that was really kind of kind of uh, significant and symbolic. So the red card happens to Joe Hart and uh right away Brendan Rogers calls Callum McGregor over to the side. They calmly have a conversation. It's very obvious that Rodgers is thinking on his feet and he's not lost his cool, that our best player is over there listening to him, nodding, and that they're making a plan. And then they go out and execute that plan and come away with the points. And, and if you go back and you look at the Firenode game, it was obvious they had a plan. Uh, it didn't work out in the Rangers game. Obviously they had a plan. They executed. And, uh, and this is with the depleted back line. And especially in Livingston, they've now just lost Joe Hart as well. But I think in the same way that Anz, when Anz gave the talk, when he said, we never stop. That's when we knew, okay, now we know our team. We know what they are. We know who they are. We know how they behave. And I think that conversation between uh, Brendan and, and uh, Callum, that's who we are now. It's Brendan makes a plan. And we executed. And that's Celtic. That's Celtic going forward. And that gives a lot of confidence, by the way. Because if you look at on the other side of the, of the city, the Rangers don't really have that. So that's my comment. I'll tell you what, Jim, this is spooky. Because just before you called in, your call hadn't come up on my screen at all yet. Kenny Miller, it was during the break, said the exact same thing about the pep talk. Between Brendan Rodgers and Callum McGregor You and Jim are on the same wavelength Across different time zones We are and it's because I've seen that story before You know, I think it was at Bayata That got sent off Roger at Ibrox In the 3-2 game Josh Windass scored early Daniel Kandias then put Rangers back 2-1 up I was on the bench that day And Bayata gets sent off And sure enough, Brendan Rodgers Shouts Scott Brown across He gives him the little pep talk It's something again Jim This will be Brendan is again elite level manager I don't think he's thinking on his feet I think he's prepared he's prepared for the, these types of scenarios and all he's doing is just reminding that in the heat of the battle member captain who, uh, sorry uh, Callum who is the skipper this is what we do we don't change our back four we don't change our midfield three we'll just push Dyson up we'll let Kyogo and Maeda they'll defend for out to in and when we've won the ball we still try and dominate and you've seen that in the, particularly in the second half Celtic, like you said, Roger, it was how many were they going to score? Mm -hmm. It's not are they going to win this game, it's how many can they score when they've got a man down. So uh, I absolutely agree with you, Jim. I thought it's, it's top-level management. That's why you go and pay the big bucks and get an elite-level manager and coach to come to the club. They've done it before and they've went and got him again. It was Simunovic sent off, not, Simunovic, to, not sorry, to split yeah. hairs too much, but you were obviously on the, you were, you were in a half-cure. I was reeling, I was raging. Not, not paying I was any bench, attention, yeah. not caring. Um, yeah, Roger, did, it, did that sometimes, I guess, big wins or big results can come in the most surprising of places. You know, you got the feeling that Brendan Rodgers would have absolutely taken a 1-0, you 
get out of Livingston, tough yeah, place, get up the road, but to almost have the adversity of the 10 men and then go and win so comfortably, how satisfying must that have been? Yeah, it's. I always thought this was going to be a kind of awkward week for Celtic. If you like Livingston away, we've spoken about why it's awkward. Motherwell away this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. Motherwell who showed their good form again yesterday against Rangers. And I thought if Celtic could get through these two away games in the league, it would send out really ominous signs to Rangers and the rest, if you like. So they've got through the first part of it. If they can get through the second part, bear in mind, no Joe Hart for Fur Park on Saturday. It will be Scott Bain. Um, it'll be interesting to see who plays in the wing. I think James Forrest will get, will, you know, keep his place in the side. But I don't think there's too many of the Celtic injured players ready to come back into the team this weekend. So I, I just think if they can get through Motherwell away with the same ease that they got through Livingston away... I think mm. Brendan Rodgers will be quite comfortable with the situation they're in. Apart from the management, Jim, who impressed you at the weekend? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I, I just I liked them all. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there was any any one. I liked the fact that the guys uh, in the back did their part and held up, uh, but they didn't have to do that much. I thought Spain honestly was pretty good. You know, he came in. He he didn't have much, but he projected enough confidence to give me confidence as a fan that we're going to get through the next game with him in there. Uh, but and, and the other one was Callum. Callum going over, you know, okay, I'm going to go to my leader. I'm going to find a plan. I'm going to make it happen out there on the field. It, was, it wasn't so much things that people did. It was the ways they behaved that impressed me. Mm. And, uh, and that was, you know, as a fan, you know, you, you, you think about it from a fan's point of view. Fans are looking for signs and are looking for things to feel good about or to worry about. And that really gave me confidence, just watching this calm response. And, again, going into the Rangers game, what's going to happen? Hey, it was good in the Saturday game. What's going to happen? It wasn't bad. And, of course, the response to this, uh, to this last game. So it's just a, an overall feeling of, of, of where the team is at and of, of being settled about it about this transition from one coach to another. That's what that's what sticks with me the most. Jim, I'm very nosy uh, as part of the job. Did you used to live in these parts? Have you always been in Florida? No, yes. I was, well, Chicago and Florida. Uh, I've got a good friend that's a friend of Kenny's, I think, Neil Collins. She was our oh, coach down here at Tampa Bay Rowdies. I took in a game over uh, the summer, actually, Jim. <laughs> I took in the game against <laughs> well, Sacramento. Well, we- Oh, is that right? Yeah, I came down to see Neil oh, and watch the game. So when I was there, I was there on holiday. So I went down and watched the game against Sacramento. Have you been to see him at Barnsley yet? You're I have not been down no, to see him no. at Barnsley yet. It's no. funny that. Uh-huh. I'm working at the weekends. I'm yeah. a busy man. <laughs> Well, Neil Kenny, Neil uh, Neil was my assistant coach. It was his first coaching job. I was uh, coaching at a high school here in Tampa, and Neil and I had met, and he he was going to transition into coaching, but. How many guys do you know would say, sure, I'll go work at a high school and just practice and just get better at coaching when nobody's watching? Yeah. Uh, mistakes. Was that when he was yeah, still he's, playing, he's Jim? Amazing. Was he still playing at that time? Yes, he was. Yes, yeah. he was. He was still he's still playing. I, I brought some kids over to a rowdy's game. He spoke to them. And when I watched him speak, I was thinking to myself, I'm looking at a coach here. I'm, I, I, this guy's amazing He's really got something I, I would keep a sharp eye on that guy He's something I love it Jim I love the fact that you've 
a little sound of Scottish football brilliant. with us over there in Tampa, Florida. That was brilliant. Thank you very much to Jim uh, on the line. Uh, let me tell you about this before we go any further. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with James Frew. Need a gas engineer, plumber, joiner or electrician? Contact them today. Hugh Keeven sounded a bit different there, but all this week we have teamed up with James Frew, Scotland's leading property solutions company. You can check out jamesfrew.co.uk for various services, plumbing, heating, gas, maintenance, construction... Uh, and we've got a great prize for you thanks to the guys there as well it's a four ball game of golf at the Fairmont in St Andrews you can choose from either course a lovely part of the world all you have to do to win tell us who the scorer of a famous goal in Scottish football history is but since James Frew has been in business since 1911 we've changed the commentary a little bit to match that year so tell us who scored this famous Scottish football goal listen carefully Young inside half brings it down and by Jeff he's hit her of 30 yards and it's a go it whizzes past the French keeper and just listen to that crowd roll sensational there we go think you've got it you two I think so I had it before even the, uh, the commentary started did you <laughs> okay well if you know who you think that who scored that goal give us a call right now with your guess on 01419511025 you need to be over 18 you have until the end of this break to call get in touch now and you could win with James Frew we will speak to you next Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here. We're about to bring in Jim, who's a Celtic fan, on the line. I will still try and give you a teaser. I want to do more talking points from the weekend. It is all happening, so let's quickly play this first. Super Scoreboard with James Frew. Need a gas engineer, plumber, joiner or electrician? Contact them today. Yes, this week on Clyde One Super Scoreboard, we've teamed up with James Frew, Scotland's leading property solutions company. You can head over to jamesfrew.co.uk for all your building and property services. And we're asking you to guess who scored a famous Scotland goal. So tonight's prize was a four ball at the Fairmont in St Andrews and on the line right now to try and win is Stuart in Clyde Bank. How's it going, Stuart? Yeah, yeah, all good. Right, let's hear it one more time. Who's this old style goal scorer then? The diminutive young inside half brings it down and by Jeff, he's hit of 30 yards and it's a go! It whizzes past the French keeper and just listen to that crowd roar. Sensational I don't know if we should be describing him as diminutive I think he's quite average size if it's who I think it is But anyway, Stuart, who are we going for? James McFadden And it is indeed, well done You've won that four ball Are you a keen golfer, Stuart? Are you just going to go and enjoy the scenery? Yeah, you know, I like to hack my way around the course now and then Good. So I look forward oh, to it Yes, and it's a great day out up there at the Fairmont St Andrews Brilliant, much appreciate your taking part Stuart, you're a Celtic fan as well What are you thinking about your team at the moment? Yeah, listen, I think about it's a sticky start Um we gave it Livingston to echo the sort of sentiments of the last caller. I mean, I think we were well organised, and as Kenny says, uh, he's a top level manager. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with things are going so far. Brilliant. Good man, Stuart. Well, well done for winning tonight's prize. Uh, thanks again to the folks at James Fruit. We've got another one tomorrow. It'll be a four ball at West Kilbride Golf Course. This as well. Wait till Gordon DL finds out about all these prizes. Oh, oh, he'll be all over this, won't he? He'll be trying to tick them off. Uh, right. I just wonder though if, it, if his new dog walking careers and impinging in his golf. Well, at listen, all. I was off on Saturday, as you know, but I, d- I did hear some alarming reports. Yeah. So um, thanks again to Stuart. We're about to bring in Jim. Let's just quickly set this up. The full time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Tackle your customers' spaces with made to measure wardrobe. Since. 
2015, so 2015 and onwards, can you name seven players who have been sent off for Rangers or Celtic more than once in the same calendar year? So 2015 onwards, can you name seven players who have been sent off for Rangers or Celtic more than once in a calendar year? Which is quite something. Morelos. Yep. Uh, I think what was it four, four, four times <laughs> I think maybe one got rescinded um, anyway okay yep Semirovic mm, yes that Rangers and Alishkert in Europe okay five to get Rog one guess no was come Callum, back Callum McGregor no. Off twice, no? he was not right okay let's bring in Jim in Southampton Jim how are you I'm, I'm doing great guys uh, I've been listening tonight Fantastic show Thank you But the last two callers Have taken up Every point I was trying to make <laughs> No sure uh, Jim, That's the way of it I don't believe that's the case Jim I always think that they've just Set you up nicely And you can just swoop in And elaborate Don't worry about that That's okay I've got, a, I've got I had a couple I had a backup one anyway So <laughs> uh, My first My first one Jim from Tampa Took it over uh, and if, Tim, if, if Jim from Tampa's got a house that I can go out there for a holiday, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll leave my number with, you, with your producer. I'm already on it, Jim. Uh, lot, Jim, Benny. did you ever think you would have to go top to tail with Kenny Miller? <laughs> Listen, I used to, I, I used to cheer the guy, so well, <laughs> cheer, cheer cheers, one no, word for I, it. I appreciate his, his point of view. Um, my, my first point was going to be uh, again what Jim said about how well Celtic played with 10 men. It's so easy to sit back, try and protect a 1-0 lead. They didn't. It's as if they've got... It's, it's bred in them the last few years. It's great. As a Celtic fan, it's fantastic. You know, I'm riding the crest of the wave. Because Ange, we don't stop. We just keep going. Uh, and that's the way to play against... Against uh, when, you're, when you're down to 10 men That's the way you play against They just don't change Just keep going mm. What's the key to that Kenny? Is it because The the stereotypical response Is to leave One up front And you know It's going to drop everyone else back But obviously Celtic don't do that And is, is that the key to it ultimately To trying to make sure That the attacking Play is still there Yeah And they don't panic You know They still play They still try and pass the ball Listen They probably have to work that A little bit harder Particularly in the forward areas Because you're lacking A player But like I said I'd seen that movie before You know when I think it was Edward And, uh, and Dembele Were up front that day And it's uh, It's something That clearly They work on before And because there will be times but Clearly not a lot of times But Celtic are going to go down To 10 men That they need to have a plan You can't just go into that It's just like everything else You need to prepare properly And clearly Brendan And his team do So they don't panic They can stay calm And Brendan just needed to Obviously reinforce the message Right this is what we're doing uh, And this is how we're going to go about it But if you think about it The way they want to play And they want to build through the thirds And things the back four doesn't change, the midfield three doesn't change, they've still got the same numbers in those areas of the pitch. And when you've got two guys who can run tirelessly, I mean, he, he was referenced uh, Maeda then, but Kyogo's the same. You know, he's a bundle of energy and he puts a lot into the game for his team uh, off the ball as well. I mean, you just have to adjust their position slightly. Have you seen they just defended that kind of a little bit mm. wider and they, they, they cut the full backs off to try and force the ball through the middle where the bodies are there, you know? So they've done it really, really well. And again, once they get the ball, they've got Callum McGregor's, Hattati's, O'Reilly's, all so comfortable on the ball. They get their full-backs in. Their centre-backs are comfortable enough on it as well. And they can just keep passing. And they were the team that actually looked like they had a man yeah, extra, extra at the yeah. centre-half. Jim, it must help. I think Brendan Rodgers alluded to it when you've got Dyson Maida, who does the running of two or three men. 
you know, I, I think that that guy he, seems highlighted when he gets a chance. Sometimes he, it looks as if he's duffed it. But if you watch him throughout a game, that's one person I don't want Celtic to lose to Ange. Love him. That's the type of person he will try and take down there. We've no go. They don't stop. They, they, they've got this mentality. They just do not stop running spaces. Look at Kyogo. Instead of being the goal scorer, he's providing the goals. There's been a, a revelation to our, our game, and I hope we don't lose them to other countries. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, Roger, I was... Um... Through at Livingston today it doesn't, it doesn't even matter who it was It's not about some, you know, some big exclusive Or revealing a private conversation But I spoke to a Livy player Who played at the weekend And Maeda came up And it was that sort of You know, shake of the head Widen of the eyes Like, I can't believe how much he runs Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy for us to say Oh, look at this guy, you know, from the outside But players are on the pitch Genuinely can't believe it Which to me seems surprising Because you're sitting next to a guy That was a very hard worker There are loads, loads of players Have worked hard over the years It seems like he does The intense sprints yeah, like, that, I mean, All the yeah, time that, though. Kenny will be used to that You know, you, you, you mentioned Maida and Kyogo The two of them doing those intense sprints You know, for the, that last hour He was used to it You, you and Boydie used to do it together, didn't <laughs> Absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah <laughs> Very similar uh, But Ma- Maida has been He's been terrific If you remember on pre-season actually Kyogo missed games at the start of pre-season He was playing through the middle, Maida And you wonder that that stage mm-hmm. of Brendan Rodgers Might actually use them as a two At some stage during the season And I, I do think If anything was to happen to Kyogo his shoulder was to go or another injury or a suspension or whatever I think Maeda would be first choice ahead of all mm. to go through the but middle just to back it up though just to make sure we're not getting I would like Celtic to just publish the numbers just put it out there and say there you are the top high intensity runner in the league outside Dyson Maeda is X and this guy does twice as many or, you know it, will it be as extreme no, as that? no I won't no I don't, I don't, I don't mean double I don't, mean, I don't actually mean double is... but will it be a sizable difference? I think the way that he plays and you know like everybody's got their strengths that's one of his strengths so he needs to mm-hmm. you know he needs to bring that to Celtic's team otherwise if he couldn't do it he probably wouldn't play you know but he brings so much with his work rate with and the speed that he presses players uh, again a lot of people say that's why he always plays against Rangers because he can he can stop Tavernier which is a serious threat but he's, he will be the way he plays I would say he, he would probably would be the highest in terms of the high intensity sprints mm. because it's consistent I mean, it and it's not like, even it feels going like it would forward. Be by a distance it's, it's going it, back the way as well I mean I think elite levels uh, maybe maybe 12, 1300 metres high intensity would be a kind it, of elite level number over the course of 90 minutes well, 95, 96 uh-huh. these days I think he'd probably I maybe be close to fit. I don't think it'll be like 500 metres more Listen, I might be wrong Those numbers, I actually said the same I said the same I would love to see his distance covered mm-hmm. in his high intensity runs I would love to see it Those numbers will be available somewhere maybe from previously in his career I think Celtic Sports Science should just, just stick them out there just Let, let us know let us I know would trust them I would beef them up um, a bit as well I mean Roger the other performers though that, that seem to get the headlines Matt O'Reilly He's already sur- yeah, he's, he's already well. surpassed Last season's yeah. goals Tally yeah. um, He's then at the other end Running I think there was a really cr- Crucial block late yeah. on as well that Maybe just would have made Celtic wobble a little bit Greg Taylor Arguably his Performance of you the season without doubt Yeah I said that earlier on Yeah O'Reilly's playing well O'Reilly Clearly Brendan Rodgers Has spoken to him And told him He wants to add As the kids say Gordon Numbers To his game more goals, more assists. There was no doubt. There's no doubt in the, the lad's quality. He is still very young. I think was he 22, maybe? 
Matt O'Reilly. Mm-hmm, so there's, so, yeah. there's a lot more to come from Matt O'Reilly. But if you can, as a central midfielder, get up there and get goals, it, it's crucial. Very good player. I, I liked him since he came in, and I think what he's done since he first came in, he now looks fitter, he looks leaner, he looks able to last the 90, 95, 96 minutes of the game now. And I think as a huge part of when he's playing in that position for Celtic, he should be arriving in the box. You know, he should be getting on the end of things. Uh, I think he was, assist-wise, he was probably one of the highest last mm-hmm. season as well, to yep. be fair. But in terms of goals, there, there, there wasn't that many. So he's uh, he's off to a flyer this year with four league goals. Uh, and again, I think he's he's got an assist or two as well. So he's got off to a wonderful start. But really, really good player. I think the balance between him, between Callum McGregor, Hitati or David Turnbull, if he plays, it's a really, really strong midfield. Jim, usually, usually we can argue about pretty much anything on here. But I take it there was there no complaints about Joe Hart's red card? Uh, not, not a chance. The big man. <laughs> uh, that was Bambi on ice, mate. That was there wasn't a there wasn't a, a second in my head that he wasn't getting sent off. Uh, but again, it goes back. We we handled it. We handled it fantastic. Can I just go back when the guys were talking about uh, Matt Riley? Mm-hmm. Kenny, does that not remind you of Craig Burley, the way Matt Riley started this year? You know, I think Craig Burley, when he was, again, an attacking midfielder who liked arriving in the box, uh, unbelievable player. I mean, again, I'm watching Celtic a lot more now. I've I've retired than you can see when when you're working at the games or you're working in this side that you watch them a lot more. I kind of put him alongside Rogic. You know, I think the way he receives the ball, obviously, is similar size, similar build, left-sided, really creative. I mean, he's, if he gets to the same level as Rogic did, then he'll be a wonderful player for Celtic. But uh, no, I, I can see the comparison in terms of now arriving in the box with, with good timing, getting on the end of things. And again, the more goals he scores, the, the happier the Celtic fans are going to be. Thank you very much to Jim on the line. Very quickly, you two were looking for the last... Seven Celtic or Rangers players to be sent off more than once in the same calendar year since 2015. You've got uh, Alfredo Morelos and Yozo Simonovic. What was Scott Brown? No. Off. Hmm. Uh, what was John Flanagan? Nope. Nope. Can he mention a bailer? Dedrick Boyata? No. Oh my God, they're just all getting crossed off my list here. Who was, was always semi decent for a Celtic red card just a couple of seasons ago? Didn't even always play that often laterally, but still. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll give you some thinking yeah. time, and we're going to speak to Paul, who's a St Mirren fan next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here on the usual number or on Twitter. Can you help me on this teaser? Thanks again to the folks at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions in East Kilbride uh, for helping us out with this one. We're looking for since 2015, seven players have been sent off for Rangers or Celtic more than once in a calendar year. Alfredo Morelos uh, and Jozo Simunovic. Is that what you got yep. before the break? Okay, any more? Near Beaton. Yep, Rangers and Mitchelland in 2021. What about Daniel Candias? Yes, St Mirren and... Oh, I only remember St Mirren when they're out with Willie Collum. Villarreal. Ah, okay. Uh, speaking of St Mirren, watch that for a seamless transition. Paul is a St Mirren fan in Barhead. How good are your team at the moment, Paul? Ah, good evening, guys. Uh, if you remember, I talked to you after the Hibs game a few weeks ago. And I was saying at the end of that call, I was quite happy for us just to stay in the league. But my perception's changed ever so slightly now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, the Champions I'm, League? 
the, the Champions League what we'll do is I'll be disappointed I'll be honest if we don't get there uh, <laughs> no but, but in all seriousness yeah I'm absolutely kind of on, on cloud nine um, despite the best efforts of our officials uh, to not to not get us where we are just now and that's my kind of main point of calling so since since the Hibs game we've been we're not sitting second in the league lucky you know we're extremely we've been extremely unlucky I think obviously we, we lost Mark O'Hara just before the, the Dundee game in the warm-up, um, he's a massive player for us. So losing him, you know, I kind of I was a wee bit worried. But, but apart from that, out of the out of the games we've played so far, three of them I think we've been we've been massively um, done by the referees. Is lack of a better word. They, they, they done just to remind you the Dundee game, the ball over the, over the line. If you look at the review on VAR, it looked to me like it was massively over the line. The Aberdeen game, we should have beat Aberdeen by at least three or four on the day, I would say. And then that obviously contentious penalty right in the very last, I think it was the 96th or 97th mm-hmm. minute, where the player double-kicked it. And on Saturday, I don't even know where to begin, with the goals, the goals being chopped off. It was absolutely ridiculous, especially now with VAR as a backup for them. So they're either corrupt or they're absolutely useless. It's one of the two as far as I'm concerned. But on the other side of the coin, I'm extremely happy where we are. Um, well, let, let's steer slightly clear of accusations of corruption. I think for for everyone's sake, I think that's probably the best bet here. Um, and I'm almost certain there is no anti Saint Mirren, no. um, you know, agenda movement yep. out there. Paul, as as good as it sounds, I, you know, come on, I, I don't know if it stretches that far. But Kenny Miller did give one of them his howler of the weekend, so you, they're going to agree, sentiment wise, that the one to Mandron's disallowed goal is. It's hard to make it because you know I'll try even for conversational purposes to say well maybe the ref saw this or maybe the ref yeah. saw that. I don't see. I can't. It. Yeah. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> we can't see it. it. Should have been. A, it's a good goal. Should have been given. If it had been chopped out, VAR should be looking at it and saying, "Look, have another look at this." Maybe you've thought there was a contact and there's no contact. You know, it never came. So, fortunate enough for Paul and his team, mm-hmm. it never cost them. You know, because it could have when you, when it's one nil and it's a really really tight game, as you seen with the chance right at the end for Shankland, that could have cost them mm-hmm. another two points the way it did a few weeks back against Aberdeen. So it's uh, it never cost them, but it was I thought that one in particular was uh, was a howler. Yeah, I mean, what about the other ones? Because like, I've seen it, and it's just, I don't know if this is just for my own sanity or whatever. I do this, but the, the offside one, and people keep saying. Doesn't he look offside to me? You, you need to trust him. But Fraser Wishart was covering the game for Super Scoreboard on Saturday. And Fraser said at the time, I think it's a goal from where I am. Yeah. He looks well on, he looks onside. And of course, with great comedy timing, just at that, mm-hmm. the goal's rolled out. Yeah. And I've seen it in the television, he looks onside mm-hmm. to the naked eye. But you have, listen, we have to trust the tech that they've got it right. Kenny's right, the man drawn one, he takes the ball off Frankie Kent. And the Hearts defenders got away with one. It's a ridiculous decision. I actually thought the first goal, I think Paul's got a case. Alec Gogish, is it high? Is it dangerous? I'm not too sure whether it is or not. Um, but the goal's not given. Um, the double kick of the penalty against Aberdeen, mm. yep, I'm with you on that. I'm surprised VAR didn't pick that up. Mm, Paul, listen, you can call about whatever you want, but my advice to you would be football is an annoying place at the best of times so see when you're winning let's just try and enjoy that don't get bogged down right now so tell me what you're liking about your team a bit more let's elaborate on the positives Aye we'll, we'll leave that part to one side because listen football costs a lot of money and, and luckily it hasn't changed the results with the officials so we'll leave that part but I do think they need, they need to get their act together so on the good the good side I think I mean God, pick, pick, pick your best player right now they're all absolutely flying a massive kind of shout out for me um, I was a wee bit worried when we lost Carson um, at the start of the season Zach Heming coming in I wasn't too sure of him when he was at the commander but he's been absolutely phenomenal right now I actually think he's playing 
better than Carson. They just, I don't know why Jamie Langfield's giving the keepers doing it Ralston, but they just seem to be getting better and better every win that they get. Was it, was it Cammy Devlin? He tipped round the post, Paul. That was the best save, wasn't it? Well, I, it actually, it, it did it put that around. At the time, I thought it was a bye kick. It wasn't until I watched the highlights yeah. that I realised I actually got his fingertips to it, so it was phenomenal. Um, I, I really, like I said, the whole team's playing brilliant. I mentioned about Ryan Strain the last time I was on. I just think he's the best player on the right back in Scotland just now. I'll stick by that. But a massive kind of shout out to Scott Tanzer, who last year had a wee bit of a difficult time. I believe it was stuff off the park, but this year he looks like an absolutely different player. He's, he's been phenomenal for us. So, yeah, it's it's really, really struggling to pick your best team just now. What I will say is we are quite a small squad, so I'm worried if we do get the inevitable injury. I, I, uh, I, I spoke, now. it's funny you say that, Paul. I spoke to Stephen Robinson about that on Friday, and I think partly it's down to money, but partly it's deliberate as well. I think he tries to foster tight relationships in a very tight group um, he went for quality spent more to get he talks about 19 first team players and then the youth players that sort of supplement it um, he could have gone for 25 or 26 and maybe not get the same sort of quality and then maybe had guys who were on the periphery and didn't really feel involved mm. and that doesn't help team spirit but there's a great team spirit down there you know what you're getting from St Mirren we spoke about Rangers you don't know how they're going to line up you know St Mirren you know what they're going to be like they're going to play the three at the back they're going to play those wing backs last week it was strain to Tanzer for the goal this week it's Tanzer to strain for the goal and I think you've every chance at Easter Road on Wednesday night to reach Hamden I always like it when teams have got a real theme to what they do or a pattern that you can recognise Kenny and Paul mentioned a couple of the guys he said you know he's been praising Ryan Strain before and Scott Tanzer um how they cross the ball to each other arriving at the other side it's what you aim for when that when you play that system we saw it at Fir Park and it shows you know what else we saw it on Saturday it actually shows it's not defensive like, even though you're playing nope. this back three back five like when you've not got the ball when you've got wing back to wing back that shows that both of them are getting there at the back post probably where they should be because if you're, you're talking about wingers again you want them arriving in the back kind of post area when the ball's on the other side but when you're playing that 3-5-2 effectively in this moment they are the wingers and they need to be getting in there where it hurts at the back post. And, and you know, that's two weeks running, one to the other, straight to Tanzer, Tanzer to Strain. So, really, really good play. It's clearly something that is working under Stephen Robinson's time at St Mirren. Top six last year, absolutely flying high, second in the league this year. Uh, and you know what? They, they just look like they're going to be competitive and against whoever they play. You know, even when even when Celtic or Rangers come to town, they've been they've been actually really really competitive in those games as well. So, uh, yep, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Paul wants it to continue in this type of form. And who knows? Mm. You, you could be fighting for the European slots come the end of the season. Good man, Paul. On the flip side, was it just a false dawn when Hearts beat Aberdeen last week? Then are, are Hearts in in trouble? Are Hearts a worry? Is Stephen Naismith and Baller? What 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 level of criticism well, would you fire that way? Listen, before that Hearts Aberdeen game, it was oh Stephen Naismith or Barry Robson. One of them's going to be in real bother. And since then, Barry Robson survived the defeat, decent performance in Frankfurt, albeit in, you know in defeat, and then four against Ross County. If they go to Ross County and Wednesday night and win, they're back at Hamden and everything will be rosy for Barry Robson again. Stephen Naismith. I don't think a lot of the Hearts fans are convinced by the project there of Stephen Haysmith and Frankie McAvoy. Hearts still have some very good players through the squad. You look at Shanklin and Boyce up front, it's as good a pairing as anything outside the old firm for me. There are other good players in that squad. They need Craig Gordon back, I would suggest. They need Craig Halkett back, I would suggest. 
Um, Benny Beringame just come back in at the weekend there for a first start after his ACL injury. They don't look nearly as good a team as the one that Robbie Nielsen took into Europe. That must set alarm bells ringing. Uh, are you going along with that, Kenny? Absolutely. I think uh, I said on Saturday, I believe that Hearts probably have the strongest squad outside of the old firm. Uh, they've got players back for injury. Craig Gordon's a big loss. I, I get it. I mean, he's, even though it's a goalkeeper and you're back there, I think just having his influence on the back lot and having him behind in your in nets is, is a is a big calm and influence on the on the Hearts team. But I think going forward, they're as good as anybody. I think Roger says Boyce and Shankland. I mean, for me, Duke and Miofsky, I think they're the, definitely the best kind of two outside of the old firm. By the way, I think at the moment in time they'd maybe rival Rangers ones at this moment. But it's uh, Aye, they're a strong, strong team, but I just think there is something missing at this moment in time. I mean, you think, right, okay, you beat Aberdeen, you're going to start climbing the uh, the league table, you're moving in the right direction, but that's that's been three losses to Dundee, Motherwell and St Mirren, and it's no disrespect to these teams, but Hearts are a bigger club with, with a bigger budget, more resources. If they want to be third spot this year, which is, which is what I think Hibs, Aberdeen and Hearts have all got to be aiming for, you're going to have to overcome, definitely and for me, Motherwell and St Mirren, who are flying high, and at this moment in time, like you say, there is a few questions surrounding mm. what's actually happening at Hearts. A couple of huge fixtures as well away at Kilmarnock tomorrow night. If they get knocked out the cup tomorrow night by Kilmarnock, there'll be mm. more scrutiny in Stephen Naismith. There's an Edinburgh derby just round the corner. So Hearts weren't back by beating Aberdeen. Are Aberdeen back by beating Ross County? The two guys you mentioned certainly look like last season's form, Duke yeah. and Wielski. I mean, well, listen, both on the score sheet, I think it was Duke's first goal of the season mm-hmm. as well, so that'll be a wee monkey off his back as well that he's, uh, that he's managed to get on the score sheet. So I'm just not sure. I'm not sure about that either. I think uh, when you're five games in and you've not won... There's clearly something as the European adventure is that going to hurt them? Uh, maybe the way it hurt Hearts last year uh, for spells. They've got a big game coming up as well. Obviously, the, the flip side of the fixture for the weekend away at Ross County for the in the quarterfinal, and then they go to Highbrox on Saturday. So that'll be a real test for them uh, going there. As much as Rangers aren't playing well, going to Highbrox is never going to be easy. So it's a big week for Barry Robson as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Try to think what else deserves a quick mention if we fly down. Is there anything to suggest that St Johnston won't fulfil everyone's pre-season predictions and go down? I so, mean, it's extremely early, but I just... I saw them on Saturday and they were poor against Hibs. I didn't think Hibs were brilliant, but they certainly did enough to beat St Johnston. Um, you wonder where the goals are going to come from, St Johnston. I was surprised Stephen McLean went back almost to the guys who played for him last season. You know, he, he seemed to be positive after the defeat to Rangers and then left out all the newcomers and brought the old guys mm. back. And they produced the type of performance they've been producing for the last couple of years that's got them into relegation problems. Yeah, going to be an interesting time. We're not far away from another international break as well, but we've got League Cup games to come around uh, before then. Nations League game for Scotland women's national team tomorrow night, of course. Belgium on the back of an encouraging, encouraging, easy for me to say, performance, but disappointing result against England in Sunderland on Friday. So let's see what tomorrow at Hamden can bring. Right, as usual, we finish off by seeing if you can come up with the answers to this teaser, pundits, and the aim of the game on this full-time teaser is that you, the listener, sends the question in. Stephen McCarra did it tonight uh, with help from Sliding Wardrobe Solutions. He's right. Thanks to the guys there for helping us out. Can you name seven players sent off for Rangers or Celtic more than once in the same calendar year since 2015? Alfredo Morelos, a good few times. Daniel Kandeas. Jozo Simunovic near Beton. 
No, I'm out at the moment. No, you don't There's know still what, one more I? you haven't Ryan seen. Jack. I heard you. Oh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Jack. Jack. Yep, Hibs and Kilmarnock. What about Christopher Julian? No. Ooh. Same area of the pitch. Slightly different career since leaving Celtic. Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk. Really? When he was sent off against Dundee United in 2015, could you see the rest coming? Also sent off against Inter Milan, incidentally. But there ah. we go. And the last one, a Rangers one. No longer at the club? No longer at the club. Kyle Lafferty? No. Sent off against St Mirren and Celtic in 2018. Oh, that's a good one like that. Josh Windus? No, I think... It's a useless clue if I've got it wrong. The Celtic one was at Hamden. I don't like the way you're looking at me because that might mean that it's nonsense. McCrory Yes Ross McCrory. Oh well done It was a Hamden wasn't it Yep I thought that There we go Celtic and St Mirren Two games in a row was it Or I two games out of three maybe. I think it I might don't be know. That's tomorrow's question Aye. Anyway thank you Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna And thank you for listening Much appreciated as always Very busy night on the phone So apologies uh, If you couldn't get through Don't forget You can catch up on the show The podcast Wherever you get your podcast It will be there You can also watch the show back now on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the page as well. Facebook, Twitter, search for Clyde1SSB. We are back tomorrow with Gordon DL and Jim Duffy cranking up the build-up to those League Cup quarterfinals as well. So it's a big week, a really big week in Scottish football. We look forward to it already. And in the meantime, you might as well stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>